Hello, my friends and family around the world. Thank you for joining me for another episode of The Gun Show presented by MTD Global. Uh, today, I have the great pleasure to hop over and speak with one of my friends in India. His name is Gavin Price, the man, the myth, the legend, Gavin Price. He is MD at Aaron One Engineering. Gavin, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you uh, for inviting me, Tony, and I mean, it's a pleasure to be on the show. Well, I've already mentioned uh, that I'm talking with a gentleman in India, which is true, but you may notice there's not an Indian accent. So, Gavin, uh, what are you doing in India, bud? Well, um, I, came, I came to India in uh, 2011 on uh, a, a sort of a subcontinent uh, project for uh, an aerospace company in the UK. And I, uh, once, I'd, once I'd visited here, I decided to stay. So basically, I could see the uh, opportunities that, that, that was presented in India. I could see there was uh, a lot of challenges in the market, but a lot of opportunities. And I, I soon came back early uh, 2012, and I decided to, uh, you know, go into the market and, and see what I could do, basically. And, so, you, uh, and you started off... As a, as a young lad in England, is that correct? That's correct. I was a, a time-served apprentice uh, straight from school at the age of 16. Um, I got an apprenticeship with a company that manufactured special purpose and machinery. Um, so they, they kindly sponsored me to go to uh, college and, and do, do my education and, uh, you know, give me an all-rounded on-the-job on job experience, really, right from, you know, milling, turning, grinding, all of the kind of manual machines, and then right through to the office where I was a design engineer for a number of years. And then I moved into um, production control, uh, CNC programming, and then became a, you know, a key part of the kind of management team there, really. And then following that uh, spell, I joined a subcontract aerospace company. So that was my big sort of you know, leap, really, from having a product and managing that product to then going into a fast-paced, you know, make to print very cost sensitive environment in, in aerospace. So it, it was a big jump. I, I believe there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there and, and a lot of want to be entrepreneurs and not not in the wannabe sense of, you know, they have it and they're not good at it, but in the sense of, you know, aspiring to be an entrepreneur and work for themselves. But not only are you an entrepreneur, but I feel like it's a really brave thing to hop from one country to another country in order to do that. What type of courage or inspiration, you know, kind of helped, helped push that step along? You said you really saw opportunity in India, but what else happened in your mind jumping from England to India and launching your own business like that? Well, uh, I, when I was in, I actually hated India for the first kind of four or five months I, I was here. <laughs> you know, I, I, had a, I had a real tough time. I had obviously the food poisoning, you know, the issues with, with, with uh, you know, getting from place to place, the, the heat. And I, and I just thought that it, you know, it wasn't really for me. And then I went back uh, just before I kind of finished my term here. And I was going back to the UK to kind of take up my current role um back in the subcontract aerospace company i realized that once reaching the uk it is extremely cold extremely bleak and, uh, and i just thought you know what you know maybe it's not so bad in india after all so i came back after the the sort of christmas break in a, in a different light and i thought i'm going to really see the next kind of three months out in more of a positive way 
Um, I was due to sort of finish or I wanted to finish, you know, in the kind of sort of March, end of April. And uh, I thought, you know, I'll really push now and, and, and make the best of it. And when I, when I came back, I kind of changed the mindset and I, and I thought, actually, you know, what I'm seeing here is that, you know, there's a, there's a very young workforce. You know, there's, there is a lot of people that wish willing to learn. There's some good skills, but, you know, just where I could see myself at that point in time, there was a huge amount of opportunities, you know, that I could fit into. And uh, I first of all thought about coming back and uh, being like a consultant. So I had a, I had a couple of opportunities working for a couple of companies and doing consultancy. And uh, I'd already decided I was going to, I was going to come back. And then just before I leave, I left or planning to leave. I, I actually met my, my wife to be as it's so to speak, uh, which I, which I later came back to India and married. But the, the main reason for coming back to India was, was the opportunities. My wife was an added bonus at that time. Um, so, uh, I then uh, left the UK and then, you know, I had this kind of idea in my mind, which was I wanted to come back and I wanted to see what I could do. And then I had this other idea in my mind that, you know, I, I really, uh, I really enjoyed, you know, the company of my wife to be and, uh, you know, the, 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 the lady I just met and, you know, it's exciting opportunity to come back and obviously see how that worked and see how, and, you know, then I, I could see how I could progress my career also. So I had these two kind of, you know items on my mind but i decided to go to go for it so i went back to to the role in the uk and kind of stepped back into my current position which was like operations director and uh i had i just decided that look i'm, I'm gonna leave and i and i gave my, my my kind of resignation with a view that i would kind of see the next few months out i extended it a little bit got to the middle of the kind of year uh J july august and then i said look i'm i'm going now at that point in time, I never actually had a job. So uh, I thought, well, what am I going to do? I thought, well, okay, if I, you know, sell my house, get rid of all my worldly possessions and, and kind of cash in on that money, what would I had? It wasn't a great deal at the time because obviously, you know, the house price in the UK, uh, I bought at the peak and sold at, at the lower side, you know, getting rid of a car and all these things. It's not a great amount of, of wealth at the time. So I came back to India with a very small, amount of money and uh, didn't have a job but then then came uh, came back to india and kind of sat in goa thinking what am i going to do and then applied for a job um with a uk company in, in an automotive uh, environment and uh it was a uk and chinese joint venture and uh actually kind of got the job and uh it's funny that the company that i kind of uh, uh applied for um, I obviously went for an interview and then I didn't hear anything. And then about, you know, a month or so later, they said, look, we want to interview again. And I kind of said to them, look, if you want me, I'll only join the interview if you want me. If you don't want me, I won't come to the interview because this is a, a one shot chance. You know, if, if you're going to take me to the call or bring me to the interview, it's for the offer me the job. I can do this job. It's, it was more like a turnaround, turnaround or shutdown kind of thing that struggling in India, you know, the, the same story that you do here where, Foreign companies come, they, they really have a you know, difficult time um, setting it up and getting the quality right. You know, the, the company had high, high PPMs, they, they were hemorrhaging money, they couldn't get the workforce trained and they, they're having a tough time. So I was confident. They said to me, when, when, when can you start? I said, I've already got my visa. I'll be there, you know, early October, sort of 10 days after 
you know, they offered me the job and uh, they said, do you want to walk around and see? I said, no, I'll just turn up and I'll, I'd handle it when I get there. And that was the approach, uh, the approach I, um, I took. And then shortly after that in November, I got married. So 2012, I left the UK, sold everything I owned, came to India with no job. I spent all my money on my uh, wife's engagement ring, got a new job and got married. So it was quite a, it's quite a busy year. And uh, when I first went back to the UK and told all my friends, you, um, this is what my plan is, they thought I'd gone mad. <laughs> my friend said, so you're going to, you know, going to lose, you're going to quit your job. You're going to, you know, get rid of your car. You're going to, you know, get, sell your house. You're going to do all this and you're going to go to India on a, on a, on a dream. You sound like you've, you've, you've gone crazy. I said, no, no, this, this will work out for me. You, you wait and see. And I, I've never really looked back from there on, really. Every year, He's, he's kind of, I've strived for more. Every year we've grew in whatever we've done. And uh, and the organisation I was working for in Pune um, went from strength to strength. Um, I travelled the world with them in their river facilities and supported them and, and, and grew that company, added new customers and, and took it into aerospace. And then I got in, I got involved in a, in a joint venture where uh, with a company I, I, I used to work for. And, uh, and then in 2017, I decided it's time for me to step on my own. So, you know, I recruited amount of money over the, over the last few years and, and decided to invest it into, into what we've got today, which is Aaron One, which is my, my, my oldest boy's name. And uh, we've, we, you know, we've grew from zero uh, to over $2 million in in, in uh, in as little as four years, really, and, and one of them years being COVID. So we've we've had huge growth uh, up until COVID. We won the Telegana Award for best uh, best financial performer. We're we're now a, uh, I say a key aerospace supplier in India with a good reputation. We hold you know an, a number of major OEMs to, uh, into the aerospace and defence market and. Um, we've got close to 40 machines now. So it's quite a, you know, a, a very a good success story if I do say so myself. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in 2012, I had some friends that were going, well, the Mayan calendar says it's the end of the world. And you pretty much flipped that script and, and got married and moved to a new country and, you know, got a new job and sold all your stuff. So that's, <laughs> that's completely different from that, that Mayan calendar end of the world thing. Um, I have had the great pleasure to to visit your facility and I can see, you know, from last year to this year, even the growth um, in just the year, even during a COVID year. But what I saw was also pretty exceptional what you were able to accomplish and you have, you know, great partnerships there. What was it like when you first started to now? Because I know you mentioned having, you know, a bunch of machines, I believe 41 CNC machines or so. But what was it like when you first started? Did you have a you know older re, rebuilt machines? Was it one, two, three? Did you instantly have twenty machines? How did how did that transition go as you became the entrepreneur and the successful entrepreneur that you are today? Um, well, what what happened is I, I I had a with the partnership I had in I had in Pune. I I had a vision where I wanted to take that kind of business and. Um, you know, unless you're kind of here on the on the ground in India, it's very difficult sometimes with, you know, with overseas partners to kind of get what you're trying to do. So this was the main thing that I, I, I needed to kind of release myself from that and and be able to sort of feel the pulse of the market. Because 
I always knew that if you, you know, to a certain degree, if you can deliver and if you build, they will come. But this is a, this is kind of an industry where you have to have skills and knowledge and a lot of contacts, obviously, and uh, to get sort of into this market and be successful. You can't just, you know, put a load of machines in a, in a building and say, you look, I've got a machine shop. You need to have, you know, historical sort of uh, success in, uh, in manufacturing. And uh, this is where kind of, it, it, I guess, it stemmed from in the UK, where I was involved with aerospace, you know, in India. I was I, I got approvals from a, you know a number of big OEMs and then I, I got a number of approvals again in Pune and then speaking to them people again I was confident that if I set up on my own and, and did what I said I was going to do I would deliver and what I did is I uh, I, I put about a I started a business with about uh, maybe about a quarter of a million dollars so uh, I, but I knew that I would need about a million dollars to make this, to make it you know interesting to to the sort of um, the bigger OEMs, because, you know, a smaller, a smaller company, three, four machines, it's not really that, you know, attractive to the bigger, um, the, the, the bigger sort of uh, OEMs or, or customers. And, you know, with the hourly rate that you can charge here, it becomes difficult to sort of get a return. So I thought, you know, what, what I'll do is I'll, uh, I'll start off with uh, five machines. So I bought uh, two uh, used uh, pre-owned Hasses. And I bought three uh, uh, LMW machines from um, a Combator, and I, and I started. But what I did do, which was probably the most, uh, the, the cleverest decision I did, I spent over half my money on quality. So I, I bought, uh, you know, a, a Carl Zeiss CMM, put it in a nice fancy room. I bought a, you know, an optical scanning machine, uh, you know, a digital um, uh, you know, Trimos, a digital uh, profile projector, um, you know, I really spent a lot of money on that front-end quality. So when customers visited, they, they didn't see a small company mentality. They saw, okay, you know, this guy's got five machines, but he's got a lot of inspection. So, the, you know, he's obviously f- main focus is on quality. And that, that really kind of helped me sell that vision that, okay, we've got five now, but we're, we're, we're gearing ourselves up for, you know, 25 or 30. And uh, what I did is I quickly, uh, I quickly got managed to get AS approval, and uh, I started to obviously push myself into the market. There was a lot of challenges because there's a lot of people in India with AS approval. You know, the market is quite flooded with 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 companies who have got you know AS uh, approval, not only in India but across the world. But we wanted to offer something a bit different. So what you kind of got from us is you got the European or English feel in a low cost country so it was like it's not really uh it's not really i guess an indian uh a typical indian business or an indian business it's a european business happened to be in india which was quite unique so you get the kind of you you get the benefits you get you know the honesty the integrity the quality but you get the low price so that would that really worked in a positive way and uh it was easy, obviously, for me to then go back into UK and get business. So I got a lot of business back from the UK. And then I got lucky. You know, you always need a little bit of luck. I got, I got one uh, client come to me and said, look, we've got this job. It's, um, you know, a, a Rene 77 a, a forging. It was, uh, it was rock hard. You know, it was, uh, you know, it was like, like cutting rock almost. And, you know, it was an intricate shape. It was a, 
it wasn't a nice and clean forging as such. It was a it was a painful shaped forging where you had to hold and clamp and support, and then you you know five or six hops. It really was a five axis job, but we didn't have a five axis. So they said, you know, we, we struggled throughout India with this part. Can you would you develop it? And I said, uh, no, not really, because if I do this for you and I get it wrong, it will close our relationship because we we were a new supplier to them. They didn't really want to add any more suppliers. You know, we was an unknown entity. However, the people in the organization kind of knew of me and, and what I had done before. And uh, I decided, okay, I'll take that challenge. And uh, we quite quickly became successful on the part and delivered regular. And uh, it was a major part that went into a major aerospace uh, project. And uh, it, it kind of allowed us to purchase machines at quite a rapid rate and we grew from five in the first year to about 15 so that was a big jump you know that was like the first first five or six months we were showing a last with five machines and i kept saying to my wife don't worry don't worry you know this will turn around and then all of a sudden you know we went you know from a blast to a big profit and then every month was the same and then we grew and then all of a sudden we needed another facility and then um and then I decided then to, you know, put another kind of quarter of a million dollars into the company. And then we moved and then we had two facilities running. And then all of a sudden, then I ordered, you know, another 10 or 15 machines. But what was the, what was another big advantage to me is I, I found a number of partners in India that allowed and, and supported me in terms of credit, trust. And uh, that was a big factor in our growth, you know, without these people, you know, getting credit in India is difficult anyway, but getting credit on machines, you know, we haven't got the machinery finance mechanism, perhaps like the UK or US or Europe, where you can get a machine for a long period of time and you can pay 3% interest. You know, our interest is, you know, 10, 11%, you know, if you can get that finance package. So when you get that opportunity where someone's supporting you on your machine growth with the trust, um, it, it does help. And that's what took us really to, uh, you know, 25, 30 machines. And uh, 2019, sort of 20, just before COVID, you know, we, we saw like, a, I think it was like a 50% growth from the previous year. And um, it was just uh, crazy. And uh, we added multiple customers and, uh, you know, we, we, should, we should have been up to, up to three or $4 million now, you know, at the current pace. So it, you need luck. You need, uh, obviously, experience. Um, you need to, uh, you know, in, in my experience, you need to be a hands-on manager. You can't sit in an office and manage. Uh, you know, I, I run my shop floor from the shop floor. I'm on the shop every day. And, uh, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm, touching, I'm touching the machines and I'm loading vices because unless you're with the guys and you've got a feel for what's happening, it's, it's difficult in, you know, certainly in any in any country is difficult but in india especially so the only way that we can succeed and grow is that we, you know that i'm actively involved and um i'm training the guys from you know the the, the shop up basically um and that's been the, the biggest success well you mentioned several times um relationships and and being a bit lucky and you know then having some fortune uh you mentioned the uh, you know three percent to 11 12 percent for you know uh, investing in machines when it comes to payment plans and that kind of thing. I think it's fair. Um, when I came to your facility and I know you've, you've 
grown immensely and you're not just uh you don't just have a bunch of hosses there but you did uh maybe that's part of the foundation and i think it's fair that we you know kind of talk about a little bit the guys over at man of that we're friends with you know naveen and jumbo i think they've done a great deal of of exploration with you and, and believing in you as well do you find that it's fair to uh to say hi to those guys and give them a quick shout yeah you know i i, I uh i've always been pro Haas and that actually my, st- my story with with kind of mano wasn't wasn't a good start it was a bit of a rocky start and uh, i guess if it wasn't for the relationship with the way you know navi down in the you know operates and runs his his kind of relationships it, it, we probably wouldn't have got off to this amount but because he you know he runs his his, his relationships in a in a different way we've 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 managed to you know grow our our Haas machines we've grown our relationship with with manov and we we've grown has in the region as a whole really with with the popularity and um it, you know it, it's kind of worked well we we do obviously have other relationships it, it, which are which are for you know forging along or forged in india with other um suppliers you know i'd like to say that you know the uh, i've got a a good relationship with lokesh machine tools which is are not a one that you've perhaps not heard of before, but they're a hydrobad based company and, and similar, similar, you know, uh, we, we kind of stumbled across them. We, they supply machines and, you know, they, they, they tick a box and we've got a good relationship with them. So you have to have a, a number of these kind of key relationships really. And, and I believe that it's best to kind of have very few brands, but have, you know, uh, a, a couple of good ones that support you. And it, it doesn't have to be the, the best of the best, but, you know, I, I believe that we can make parts on any machines. Anyone who says, you know, this machine's better than that machine and that machine's better than this machine. Okay, you know, we'd all like the Rolls Royces of machines, but you can mach- machine any product on anything if you've got the skill. And uh, I, I believe in that. You know, we do some really good stuff on on Haas. You know, we're, we're, we're cutting, you know, 65 Rockwell. We're cutting ink canals. We're cutting... You know, titaniums, harmonics. We're we're doing we're doing all all sorts of uh, complex parts, but we know we know the limitations. We know the limitations of our products, the people. But we may sometimes do products slightly unorthodox, but we uh, we get around it. You know, I know that you have been in uh, aerospace and automotive and medical. You know, for years. But when COVID hit, you got real clever and started creating your own line of products. Is isn't that what happened? Yeah, that's exactly what happened. You know, when COVID hit and we got, uh, we, we we kind of got the notice that we had to shut down. And it was, you know, if you can imagine, we on March twenty, I think it was twenty third or twenty fourth, we got a notice from the government saying you're closed, and that was uh, that was uh, you know a big shock, a really big shock. And uh, what we had to do then is we, I had to think about what was going to happen. You know, how, how, uh, how was it I was going to come back from this? You know, how, how can I, uh, you know, think about the next 12 months and what is it going to be? What is it going to mean to aerospace? So I started chalking up a plan at home and I was thinking, you know what? What I'll do is I'll fast track our medical certification. So at least then we can kind of work our way and we already had some medical customers, but we thought we'll get this approval, then we'll be able to push more in the medical sector. 
So uh, that was what kind of one strategy, which we've now kind of completed. Then the next thing was, I always wanted to bring some of my own products to market. And we'd made some products that we were using in-house. And, you know, there's always a plan that one day we'll roll these out when we get quieter. So quite quickly, we got the design guys, you know, with the ideas. And we, uh, we drafted up some products. And we, we came up with a range of CNC accessories. And, uh, you know, right from kind of, uh, you know, sort of CMM kits to, uh, 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 you know, storage solutions, et cetera. And we kind of brought them to market. And, and uh, quite quickly, we, we've managed to get, uh, you know, four or five kind of distributors that we've managed to sell these products to that are kind of uh, been selling on a regular basis. And soon we're about to kind of release our, our Indian kind of web store, as well as we're looking, hopefully, to take on uh, some dealers in, in, the, uh, in the US. So that's been a real good success. You know, it's, it's, it's added a, um, quite a bit of revenue when we needed it. It's added another kind of division to or, or a string to our bow that we didn't have before. And uh, obviously, it, it's controlled by us. So we haven't got the worry of, you know, uh, rejects or issues or, or, or tolerances. You know, it's in our control, which is really nice. Well, you mentioned a couple of countries in the store coming out. Um, are you trying to get these products? So, I, you know, the MTD Global, uh, we have listeners and followers from around the world. Are there any countries that you'd like to speak to, you know, right now just saying, hey, this check out our website at so-and-so. We'd love to distribute in your country. If you find an interest in that, let's, you know, let's expand there. Let's discuss that. Yeah, um, I, you, I, you, I, I think... I'll- Obviously, at the moment, we're looking for we're looking for for, for distributors across the globe, you know, and uh, and if anyone is obviously interested, who's who's listening to this, is, who could be interested to understand more, then you know you, you can you can con- contact me at uh, 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 my email address at uh, gavin.price at aaron1engineering.com, and and we're happy to share the information to you. You know what we're what we're trying to do is kind of turn the kind of CNC accessories upside down a little bit. We're trying to offer quality products at a, at a quality price. So, you know, you're not paying a ridiculous amount to, uh, for items that you use every day. So, you know, how we're selling them is, you know, they're designed by engineers and, and, and made for engineers. So it, it, it's, it's that type of strategy, really. You know, something else about uh, you, Gavin, that I've noticed or, or your company that I've noticed, and this comes from the social media world, is it seems like, Somewhat often, I see you post a hiring notice. It seems like you're constantly growing. You know, I know you have around 145 employees, according to your website, and, you know, that that continues to grow. How do you continually find and train the right people to, to help you do what you need to do? We, uh, we are, we're always looking for good talent. And, uh, you know, we... The, you know, unfortunately, in India, the, there is a there is a kind of uh, idea that people obviously there's a the probably ten percent of the people jump for money. You know, uh, so if you if you can try and retrain uh, train them to re- retain them, then you're doing well. Um, but you will obviously come March when when salary hikes get announced, uh, there will be a level of kind of jumping from from job to job. So you have to be mindful of that. But what we're what we're planning on doing this year is obviously we don't want to stand stand still. We we realise that we need to we need to push a our our accessories. We need to push our our medical approval, um, and we need to obviously continue with the the business development in the aerospace. We also need to grow 
you know, uh, our, our third shift. Um, we need to add uh, more people in design. And one of, the, one of the main things that we're looking for now and the reason why we're hiring and, and we do hire um, on LinkedIn, for example, we use that platform quite a lot. That's become, our, I guess, our key platform for recruitment uh, because we get, we, we get, you know, lots of resumes. We have an opportunity to check the kind of the job, how long they've worked by looking at the profiles it becomes easy to communicate and then you can, you can understand where they've worked and what they've done. And you, you can, you can close, you can close your candidate quite quickly. And, uh, we, we've recently hired, uh, off that hiring recruitment advert, which we placed last week, we've hired about five people already. So, um, that's been really a good success, but what, uh, what is the main focus this year is to continue obviously with the manufacturing is to push the, the CNC related accessories, um, but later in Q3, we're opening uh, like a tech center, if I can call it that. And uh, what we've done is we've partnered with a U.S. company um, where we've, you know, and a cool partner because there, are, there will be a machinery supplier to us. But, you know, our suppliers are, are long term partners. So we've partnered with a, a 3D printing company to supply us from metal printing and, and composite printing. And we're going to open a a tech center scope come design center where we're going to offer our customers a different experience. So um, we're not just going to offer the, you know, the fast products. We're going to also offer the, uh, the design development, the manufacturing, and we're going to offer a training school. So we want to offer a, like a training school that we can either train our own people um, more on the kind of younger talent front, and uh, we can try and retain them longer, but then we may also roll that out to others as well. So, you know, we're, we're, we're going in a, in a different uh, direction to, to give you, you know, the customers or potential customers the kind of the one-stop experience I don't think is, is available right now. And uh, it's going to be one of them times where, you know, you, you come, you come, you've visited the factory fine, but next time you want to come and meet us, you come to our tech center. And in our tech center, there's, there's a different experience and you can see, you know, maybe some products being printed. You can see the training school and, and you can get in, you know, touch and feel some of the kind of things we do from a promotional point of view, as well as our accessories on display and, and a bit more of a, a general kind of a overview of r one from afar, I guess. Oh, you beat me to the question or the or the thought of additive manufacturing. I knew that you were going into that, and I was I was hoping you would bring that up, and you did. But it also sounds really cool this this tech center you're talking about, and I really hope the the borders open up so I can come see you guys, and you know we can visit again in person and grab a beer and all that kind of stuff. But man, what what a creative mind you have, Gavin. Um, I want to revisit your idea because I think it's important for the listeners to understand this and not just. Uh, pass over it as, as, as if it's inconsequential. I want, I want to revisit, you mentioned that Aaron One Engineering and you coming from the UK and the background that you have and launching your company is like having a European company in India, which is having that quality with, but also being able to produce that competitive pricing. So when we're talking to those, you know, possible distributors and sales guys out there, or, you know, that are going to push your, your new products that you've created, or someone that wants to work with you where you're making their products for them, they're going to get all the quality that they expect from some of those European countries, right? Of course. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a, you know, there's a, there's a global myth 
that lower cost is is bad quality and um you know and you know people need to realize that it's not always the case you know uh, lower cost product is manufactured in a lower cost region it's just simple you know economics it doesn't mean it's bad quality because it's lower cost it just means that you're you're you're, you're in a lower cost economy you know economics says that you know your hourly rate is less your product will cost less but there's no reason why the quality should be bad. Okay, you know, there is there is times when quality is bad in the, in some of these lower cost regions, but there is extremely good and capable machining companies across the world in every low cost country as well as every you know, higher cost country. There's good and bad everywhere. And just looking at India as a whole, I can speak for some of the guys here, there is some very good, you know, manufacturing companies. There's also some very bad ones, but it's no different to any any country you, you you're involved in, right? It's you know I can go to some com- uh, companies in the UK and I can think, God, you know, if if this was in India, we wouldn't be getting any work. And I'm sure the same in in the US. So, just to answer your question, there's a uh, yeah, we we offer a, a very unique um, concept. We are. You know, uh, I'm lucky enough also to have one more British guy with me who, who, who works alongside me. So we are, you know, we we give her that service that we would in the UK and probably better because we can do it better. The reason why is because we have more people around us at lower cost that gives us the opportunity to step back. We don't, we're not tied up to doing lots of paperwork ourselves. We've got, you know, lower cost um, in, individuals um, that can do detailed documentation, PPAPs, control plans, you know, diagrams, drawings, process control charts, 100% check parts, 200% check parts if need be, and still make a low-cost product. You know, when you walk into a company in, in the US or, you know, in these higher-cost countries and you walk into a, a quality room and you see that they're pushing out, you know, two, three, four million dollars a year, right, or maybe more. And, they, and they, they've got one CMM and they've got, a, you know, two inspectors and a, and a standard trimos and high, you know, high gauge, et cetera, et cetera in there. And they come and tell you, by the way, we 100% your parts. There's no physically way or time or cost that they can do that purely because there's not enough men and there's not enough time and the cost would be, uh, you know, just crazy. But India, we actually, we actually have that option to be able to do it because, you know, the costs um are there so it we we have and really do have the best advantage to get it right and so i want to kind of you know tie this all together from the beginning of your courage and, and bravery and thank you for sharing that story you know jumping over from from england and uh hopping into india and kind of finding some partnerships and some friendships ended up finding a family as well or creating a family um, I want to kind of bring this full circle and say or ask Gavin, if, if someone out there right now is considering launching their own machine shop, what type of advice would you give for that person? I, I get this question asked quite a lot, actually. I get a lot of messages and say, you know, can you guide me? Can you help me? I think if you're going to set the machine shop up, I think you need to think slightly out of the box. You're not gonna. I don't believe you're gonna. You're gonna find it extremely difficult to succeed and grow with just the mindset that I'm gonna put two machines or three machines in a shed, 
I'm going to, and then I'm going to go out and I'm going to be like a second tier or third tier subcontractor. I think you've got to set it right from the beginning. You've got to have, it doesn't matter how small your facility is. I think it's got to be the best as it can. And what I mean by that is it's got to be, the floor's got to be painted. It's got to be clean. It's got to give a pristine, you know, work, working environment. It may only have one machine in there, but it should look right. If it looks right, then you'll get the confidence that you're serious about what you're doing. And, and customers will come. I think that's great advice. And seeing what you've done over the last three, four, five years, it's, it's remarkable to watch. And I appreciate uh, you being a part of this show. And, and when I was in India, being so hospitable and allowing me to come through and really learning a lot about um, how you guys create what you create, which is, is a beautiful thing. So if someone is interested, you mentioned your email, but if someone wants to find you online, whether it be LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, uh, any social media platform, any website, how would they know to look you up? Where would they go? So they, they you know, we're spread across all of um, social media. So uh, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and it's uh, Aaron One Engineering. Um, you'll easily find it. Um, we're very active on there. And then we've also got, you know, for our UK kind of customers, we've got a a uh, gentleman who works for me, works for us in the UK, who's like a business development stroke, you know, customer liaison. And, and you can contact him on uh, salesuk at aaron1engineering.com. And, and that kind of leads me on to as well that we are hoping to open a UK facility, um, which I forgot to mention. I actually was going to do that in 2019 end. And uh, just before COVID kind of happened, it uh, it kind of put it on the on, on the side, but our plan is to open a facility back in the UK in the, in the next coming years to give that uh, you know that experience on a bit more of a global perspective, so we can offer the you know the UK the UK market as well as the low cost arm. So this is you know is a lot bigger strategy. But I just want to um, just repeat again that you know you can find us on uh, Aaron One Engineering. Um, just do a search Google, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn. Or you can contact me at gavin.price at aaron1engineering.com. And for you guys who don't know how to spell that, it's A-A-R-A-N, the number one. And then you can find it at all those locations. Uh, you brought up the UK uh, site and your buddy over there. Is that our mutual friend, uh, Mr. Sam? Yes, 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 Mr. Sam. Mr. Sam Suffolk. He's a good guy. He's a good good partner for you, I believe. Yeah, he's a good, he's a, he's a good guy, yeah. It helps a lot. Awesome. Well, Gavin, I appreciate you being, you know, not just on this show, but a friend and an inspiration for me in this life. Uh, thank you for sharing your story with our audience here. And for all you folks who are listening, uh, thanks for tuning in to The Gun Show, where we try to bring artificial intelligence or the people of this industry to life with authenticity. And I think we've done that today with my good buddy, Gavin. So once again, Gavin, thank you so much, brother. Thank you, uh, Tony. I much appreciate it. And I'll uh, hopefully see you soon. Let's keep our fingers crossed.